baptism in the Holy Spirit. What a great topic to be sharing about this morning. I have a dream. I have a dream that Christians, mothers, fathers, children, employers, CEOs, executives, owners, leaders are able to better tap into their God-given gifts, their talents, their capabilities, their creativity to live more fruitful and meaningful lives. I have a dream that Christians everywhere have the courage and the determination to do what God has called them to do on this earth. I have a hope to see Christians strengthened and empowered to become effective witnesses and representatives of Christ in every sphere of life. I have a hope that Christians who are in a season of drought and dryness begin to experience afresh the power and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. I have a dream that today by starting a conversation on this topic, a revolution may happen. Not a political revolution, but a personal one. And ultimately will lead to greater change in our world for Christ. And that will affect one. That may affect ten. That may change the lives of thousands. And what is the first step that will propel us towards God's purpose for our life, that will strengthen and empower us, that will bring renewal, that will enliven our faith and stir us on, that will help us to do what matters most in life, that will release supernatural gifts within us, that will enable us to become, and dare I say it, world changers. I believe strongly that it is when we are baptised in the Holy Spirit. That is when we begin to see this all take place. When we are immersed and overflowing in the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Spirit. When He is flowing through us, like the Bible says, like a river of living water. I can honestly say that I've seen this over many years of being a Christian. That when someone experiences the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they, there's something happens. There's a transformation. It may not be obvious quickly, but a spark happens in their heart and it, it lifts them. It, 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 it creates a surge, a propulsion. It takes them places. I wonder today, are you baptised in the Holy Spirit? Have an expectation that God is going to meet you here this morning, here today. A few years ago, my daughter insisted that I go on this ride, this ride called the Superman ride at Movie World. Has anybody been on that ride? A couple of people. She said, Dad, you've got to go on this ride. You've just got to go on. I said, why? Well, it's just sensational. It's right, it's out there. It's like something way beyond what you're used to. I said, well, I don't usually go on many rides and I don't normally go to movie world. I used to work there, but that's another time for another story. But the bottom line is, I thought, right, okay, she insisted, so I went. So I went through and we sat in line, we stood in line, I should say, for what I thought was an eternity. 
walking one step and it was probably an hour to an hour and a half before we got in this ride and I thought this better be good <clears throat> this had better be something good anyway eventually we got hooked up and then I started to get nervous I thought what the heck have I done why am I here this does not look good it's just something I'm a bit uncertain about and then it started to move and I thought oh this is easy this is comfortable well, I'm relaxed. It's, it's flowing for me. It's, it's easy. Oh, Superman and all this. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, cool, great. This is, I can handle this. And then all of a sudden, it sort of, you know, pauses. And if you've been on the ride, you know what's coming next, don't you? You're sort of moving quite comfortably, smoothly. It stops and it goes, but, oh, we've got to move, we've got to move. And Superman, we need your help. And then all of a sudden, boom! <laughs> this thing goes at about a, a million miles an hour up and then down and I'm going, ah, I haven't even got time to collect my thoughts. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just right out there at, at intense speed. You know, I think, I think when someone is baptised in the Holy Spirit, I think you're propelled forward at speed. You, are, you become energised and, and enthused. You, you receive gifts. You receive courage and a boldness like you've never had before. Conversations change. And you want to tell others about Christ. Call me an idealist. And I realise we're living in the 21st century, but I still believe the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the primary catalyst for change in a Christian's life. Hebrews 6 verse 2 says that the doctrine of baptisms is, is a foundational doctrine. It's something that, as a church, we should, we should embrace and teach. And we're doing that this morning. I've been reading on and off a book uh, by a lady called Stomi Ataran. And if you've probably uh, read some of her books, she, she's praying for this person, praying for your, your, your child, praying for this and praying for that person. Anyway, I'm up to praying for your adult child, all right? I'm, I've sort of gone through the whole uh, cycle. And now I'm praying for adult children. But interestingly, as I read this book, the first thing she says to pray for is, guess what? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Pray that your children are filled with the Holy Spirit because it's the primary catalyst to, uh, to seeing change within their life. In Acts of the Apostles, and it's such a, a great book and many of you have read it many, many times perhaps, but we read of Christians who are baptised in the Holy Spirit and, and from that moment, things happen. Now, I realise it was a unique period in time, but people were saved and healed and delivered, and we know the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. And there was an excitement and a dynamic amongst Christians. There's a boldness and a great courage shown, and lives were, were being impacted. And, of course, it begins, uh, in a sense, when Jesus had, had risen from the dead and and he appeared to the disciples on numerous occasions. But, but on one particular occasion, you know, the disciples were sort of questioning about what was happening next and whatever. And he says, in Acts chapter 1, he says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, is it, is it um, you know, you're doing it this time to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or dates set by, uh, sorry, the, 
the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and so on. There it is. There it is. When a person receives the Holy Spirit, they receive power. Jesus makes it perfectly clear. And the power that he's referring to means explosive supernatural strength and ability. And what does it look like on the ground in the beginning? What does it really look like? Well, I think it looks, when, when a person receives the, the, the Holy Spirit, I think it, 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 it can be expressed emotionally, you know, at that very moment. Oh, God! I remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit at a church uh, not long after I'd been, I became a Christian. And I was at the front and this gentleman was praying for me and he said, just receive the Holy Spirit. And something amazing happened. I, I literally felt like rivers of flowing water, uh, ri- rivers of, <laughs> of water were flowing through me at the time. I mean, I'm talking, well, I didn't see it physically, but it was just remarkable. I just felt such a surge of God's presence. And I remember uh, after that event going home and, and uh, trying to tell people about it. I've been, I've been filled with the Spirit. I speak in tongues. And they go, what the? You know, you're crazy, man. I, uh, but anyway, I, I learned my lesson pretty quickly after that. Be careful who you tell, all right? Anyway, <laughs> sometimes uh, people uh, have some, an emotional experience. They, they start to cry and they, they feel, uh, you know, the, the, the beautiful touch of the Holy Spirit upon their life. And, you know, other people, it, it, nothing, it's just nothing, nothing. There's no physical, there's no emotion. Does that mean you're any less or, or, or no, not at all. It just, it's just different. It's just different. And God can move upon your life in that moment in, in amazing ways. And I think of the engine. You're driving along in this beautiful car, no doubt. And, you know, for the life of me, I still can't get how an engine works. But what I do know is that there's an explosion happening on a very regular basis within that engine. Uh, as, as, the, as the, uh, the pistons and the, and the spark plug and the fuel and the air all mix and boof and things happen at very fast rates, all right? And you mechanical types can, can come up to me later and tell me, Darren, this is how an engine works, man, all right? Yeah, you don't understand, you know, it's got to go here, it's got to go there. Well, look, what I can tell you right now is that an engine, there's explosions happening, all right? There is something happening inside, and, you know, that's what I believe happens. Even if you don't feel anything, boof, something happens in here. And I've seen it before my very eyes. I remember a friend of mine uh, who I invited to this church called Mylan. Now, I don't know if you remember Mylan, but anyway, Mylan was a very unemotional, very quiet, very dignified, unusual sort of guy. He liked to, to share the gospel with Mormons, and that's great. There's no, no problem with that. He just, I don't know, he had a thing for Mormons, and I, I, I admire that about him. <laughs> but anyway, he... Uh, <laughs> Mor- Mylan, not Mormon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Mylan, Mylan's, you know, he came to this church and if you come to this church, oh my gosh, there's going to become a time when you're going to be challenging your faith. It's a bit like this morning. And he came and, uh, for a little while and he said, Darren, tell me about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What's going on here? Things are happening. Anyway, we sat down and we chatted. And he said, look, can you pray for me to be filled with the Spirit? And I remember him sitting, just sitting down. And I started to pray for him and said, God, just fill him with the Holy Spirit. 
and he just began to speak in a new language. Just like that. I thought, oh God, what the heck just happened there? There was no emotion, there was no, no razzle-dazzle. But you know, more importantly, a spark began to happen in the life of Marlon. Marlon. <laughs> he began to get clarity around what he wanted to do with his life. He wanted to develop a, he had a heart for missions and he wanted to become a missionary. And whilst that dream took some time to come to pass, eventually Mylan moved to Japan to share the gospel with the Japanese. And it all started with a spark. And then Jesus, in this wonderful verse in Acts chapter 1, gives us the purpose. It's not for us, it's not necessarily for our benefit. <coughs> he says, <coughs> excuse me, and you shall be my witnesses in the world. You will be a representative of me. You will be an extension of me. See, I go to the Father so that we can extend the kingdom. Jesus' reach was fairly limited to some degree. But he needed to go back to the Father. And the pouring out of the Holy Spirit once he was glorified led to all people who honoured Christ to be filled with it. He wanted everybody to be filled with the Spirit so that he could, they could effectively represent Christ in the world to show his love, to speak about him in whatever job, in whatever role he calls you to do. I remember as part of my university studies, I had to do a rather innocuous subject called sociology. Has anyone done sociology? No, not one. One person. And what I can tell you is sociology, exactly. Sociology means, I don't know, the study of society. You know, it's all very uninteresting. But anyway, the lecturer, David... And at that time, I was rather in awe of lecturers. I thought, ooh, they're very, you know, they're gurus. And, and uh, I, I was a little nervous around them. I was fairly young. Well, I was very young. But uh, the point is, David gave us this, this, I guess, this assignment. He said, right, everybody, this is your assignment. You can speak on any topic you want. Um, you can have up to two lessons to speak. And, but you've got to present something. You've got to share something. And I thought, oh, okay. I, I thought... Are you serious? Any topic you want? Now, at that time, I thought, right, well, you know, um, I was a Christian and I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to talk about Christianity. I thought, what the heck? I've got an open slather. He said it's okay. I don't care. <clears throat> so I thought, right, I'm coming up with two lessons. First lesson, I was going to present the, the truth about Jesus being, having risen from the dead. And I tried to prove to my class in this lecture that Jesus had risen from the dead. He was alive and he was real. And then the second lesson, I, I shared my testimony and how, how God arrested me and turned my life around. And, and, you know, and I really thought, I thought, you know, I had a class of about 30 and I thought, oh, look, somebody's going to come forward. And, and say, oh, I really want this. Oh, I just want to be, you know, to hear, to, to, to know God, the God that you know. I, I really want this. Not one person came forward. Not one person asked anything about it. In fact, they, they shunned me for the next two years. They rejected me completely. I like became isolated. And I mean, you talk about paying a price for your faith. Well, I don't know. That was a bit of a price I paid. I didn't expect that sort of response. I was really praying and hoping that at least one person would find my, um, my, <laughs> my message uh, approving, I guess. But why I share this story 
because a couple of days later, two or three days later, I was, we were in the prayer meeting in the chapel at the university I attended. And there was a knock on the door. I thought, you don't normally knock on the door of a chapel. But anyway, the door opened and it was David, the lecturer. And I thought, what the heck are you doing here? I mean, you know, I just didn't quite understand why he was there. And anyway, I sat, we sat down and he said, Darren, I, I was, I'll be honest and say I was, I was deeply moved by what you had to say. I said, what? <laughs> I, I was a little, because I had my sort of inappropriate awe of these lecturers. We sat down and, and, and he said that, he shared a little bit about his life and how that, you know, my memory's a little hazy about this part, is that he, he had drifted from God, that he'd grown up in a Christian home and he drifted away from God and but he really feels challenged, he really felt challenged to, to recommit his life to Christ and to, to really get a hold of God. And, and, and he said, can you pray for me? And, I, and, I, and then he said, and I want you to pray for me to be baptised in the Holy Spirit as well. I said, what? Are you sure? I said, look, I'm just a... He said, no. He said, I really want it. I was in shock. I thought, Lord, is this for real? And then we prayed together and God answered our prayers. And, you know, he was wonderfully filled. God did an amazing thing in that chapel service that day and he began to speak in this new language. He left a changed man. Jesus filled him with the Holy Spirit that day. I stayed behind and I felt such a joy. I thought, Lord, that you would use me. I was just a, just a young fellow, but open to what God could do, I guess, in David, though, the change was immediate. We met from time to time in his office and he would tell me of his newfound ministry at university. He began a prayer meeting. He began to witness to the lecturers, which I found incredibly challenging. He began to, he became good, we, we became good friends in that encounter. When I graduated, we lost contact. But years later, years later, we met again in Kurong. And he, and he slipped me a 20 and he said, Darren, go and buy a good book. I said, what are you up to? He says, he says I'm at Bible college. And I said, I said, that's incredible. He says, yeah, oh, gee, I'm fire, I'm fire for God. <laughs> I thought, whoa, he was scaring me at that time. I thought, and then years later, again, years later, I read in an AOG, New Life magazine, and I saw his name. David Amen, pastor of a church in country New South Wales, doing wonderful things for God. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the spark. Who knows what can happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire? In Acts chapter 2, through to, chap, through to Acts chapter 2, verse 5, sorry, verse 1 to 5, there it is, the moment of truth comes. When the day of Pentecost had come, the Bible says, they were all together in one place. And I've got my, my machine here. They're all together in one place. And there was a storm. There was a blowing of a violent wind that came from heaven. All right, enough of that. I tried to... It was good. It was good. There's a noise. Came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed the tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. <laughs> That's enough of that. 
I could go mischievous there. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Thanks to my wife, who's a music teacher. She has all these incredibly weird and wonderful instruments. That's supposed to be the sound of a rushing wind and a storm. And, but that's actually what happened. I like the word suddenly in there. You know, suddenly. I mean, you know, it's amazing. God can do something suddenly, unexpected, at any moment, whenever. And then after some commotion, Peter, who, who'd been filled with the Spirit, boldly rose and declared in the last days, in Acts chapter 2, 17, God, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. You see, Jesus had risen to be with the Father. He was now glorified. The Spirit of God was then poured out on all the earth. And then later on, Peter, in this amazing message, and you can read about it throughout the, the early part of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. He says, this promise, this promise of the Holy Spirit is for you, for your children and for all who are far off, from all who the Lord your God will call to himself. And what is the promise? That God can and will pour out his spirit on you, even today, even here, even now. This is a timeless promise for us as Christians in any church to embrace. It's not just for charismatic churches. It's not just for, for Pentecostals, it is for the entire Christian church. And why is that? Because it's biblical. It's in the scriptures. You can't ignore it. We can't just sweep it under the table. We can't say it didn't happen. And I realise we live in a different era. But I really believe that today God wants to have an encounter with you. He wants you to have an encounter with him as well. You know, maybe you've been a Christian for some time and, and you know about the Holy Spirit. You've heard this message. You could, have, you could probably count it on the number of times you've heard it. But you're feeling dry. You're feeling empty. You're feeling that excitement and that passion, that stirring in your heart has disappeared. You don't feel like you're functioning in those, the gifts of the Spirit like you used to. And, you know... Um, Things are lying dormant. They're there, but they're just, they're just sitting. They're just lying dormant. Can I encourage you today? Go to Movie World. No, 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 no. No. Don't get on that ride. I tell you what, if you're not a thrill seeker, don't do it. No. I've got something far better for you. Come to the front. No, not necessarily, but you can come anyway. Come. And come to the foot of Jesus. Come to his his throne room and look to him for you to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5 verse 18, Paul encourages Christians who've, <clears throat> who've been filled with the Spirit. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. He says, be filled with the Spirit. I love the message translation which says, drink of the Spirit. Drink of the Spirit. It sort of, it has an intentionality about it. It has a, a, a sort of, a, it's as if he's saying, you need to seek this. You need to be always seeking the Holy Spirit in your life. He's saying, you need to be determined to be filled with the Spirit. Day in, day out, I think, he's saying. I remember sitting with Pastor Trevor Chandler last year in his lounge room, just having a chat to him. And, you know, I was in awe of his passion. I just couldn't get over it. I, I, I just sat there and the zeal 
the passion, the fire that was in his heart. I said, what are you reading at the moment? I'm glad you asked, Darren. (laughs) He brought out five or six books and he went through each one. And I thought, wow, all about what God is doing in, in the earth today. And I thought, as I was listening to him, I thought, here is a man in the 21st century, in 2013, who was filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember I had a chat to Pastor Philip Mutzelberg earlier this week about what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he's a man who is deeply committed to seeing lives change for God and is being used all over the world. And what is the secret to his success, if you like, as a Christian? I believe... And I think he will believe it is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he shared about how he prays every morning for God to fill him afresh with the Holy Spirit. And I remember him saying that years ago. And I've started to practice that myself in my life. I just feel to say this at at this point in this message. That there are some who are saying that your time of influence has come to an end. And I just want to say to you that God, well, I just believe God wants to say to you, no, it hasn't. Come afresh to him this morning. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You are, it is never too late and you are never too old to receive from God and to be used by him. As I mentioned, there are a number of instances, and just quickly I'm going to close in a moment, where Christians were filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's have a look at a couple and and then we're going to bring this message to a close and allow some worship time and time for those who would like to be filled uh, with the Holy Spirit to come forward. In Acts chapter 8, it talks about when uh, the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And just quickly, Acts 19, 9 verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house. This is about, that's a story about what happened in Samaria. And now we're talking about an individual called Paul, of course. And it says in Acts chapter 9 verse 17, Ananias went to the house, the house where Paul was. And placed his hands on Saul and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may again see and be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a couple of little things out of this. Clear distinction between salvation and Holy Spirit baptism. That's one. And we also see that the apostles and other prayerful people place their hands on people, acting as a conduit, I guess, for his power and presence to come upon them. A couple of other quick scriptures as we move through this. In Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 46, Peter was now talking to a bunch of uncircumcised believers or Gentiles, and while he was still speaking to them, the Holy Spirit came upon them as they were listening to his message. And the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And in Acts chapter 19, another story of God moving in the the Acts of the Apostles, where Paul, 
uh, went down to um, Ephesus and he found some disciples and he asked them, interesting, did you receive the Holy Spirit? It's like the first question you ask a person. Uh, that's how it was back then anyway. Uh, and the disciples said, well, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul says, when well, what baptism did you receive? And John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. And quite often, these scriptures reveal when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, they receive a prayer language. As seen in, uh, as mentioned in these scriptures, and and we go back to the day of Pentecost when they're all filled with the Spirit, they began to speak in a new language. Just quickly, a couple of final stories, and then we'll close. Uh, Alan was a young man who I knew, and he was a man who really loved God. He was passionate about God, but he just struggled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He just couldn't believe in these scriptures. He couldn't he couldn't accept it all. And he said, Darren, I want to hear your story because I know you believe in this stuff. And quickly, we sat down. I said, look, I don't want to tell you my story. What I do want to do is just share from the scripture. And I shared not as quickly as what I'm doing this morning, but I shared through the Bible and I shared about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the impact it can have on your life and, and how, how it, you can, it can revolutionize you. And, and we went through all of the scriptures and, and he said, you know what? It's true. I can't believe it. All these things that I've believed over many years, it's actually true. I, it's just there. It's right there in front of me. Why couldn't I see it before? And we prayed together. And, but later on, he was a bikie. He was a bikie. And uh, he, he rode this fantastic bike. It was a, I, I can't remember what it was called, a Harley Davidson or a Harley something. And anyway, he was, uh, as you can tell, I'm not a bike man. All right, okay. And uh, anyway, he was fixing his bike a few days later and he was reflecting on what was being said. And he said, God, you can, you, we can call on your name. We can, we can receive from you. We can be filled with the Spirit. So he prayed. He said, God, as he's fixing his bike, true story, he's fixing his bike and he said, God, just fill me with the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, he was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. It just happened like that. A spark happened in his spirit. And he began to get an excitement about God like I have never seen anyone. He began to, to speak to his, his work colleagues. He began to, to about God. He began to um, think about his future. And from there, he decided to join YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and become a missionary um, overseas and serve God on the mission field. I've lost contact with him, but I know that the last time I heard, I think he was in Indonesia. From these scriptures and from another, other conclusions we can make, there's a few points I want to make just as we close. The first is that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a promise given to all believers. Irrespective of your background, irrespective of how long you've been a Christian, irrespective of where you've come from, what you, your story is. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a subsequent experience to salvation, but it can happen at the same time. God can do something amazing at any time, at any point. 
Thirdly, it seems from Scripture that speaking in tongues appears to be on most occasions one of the key initial evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but there are other, other, there are other evidences. And fourthly, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is sometimes administered by laying on of hands, not always. Not always. But if I could have the musicians come, how do we receive the baptism? How are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, very quickly, John 7, 37 says this, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Don't come to Pastor Carl or Pastor Philip. Don't come to them. Come to Jesus. Come to the, the real baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Come to him and drink. There's a desire that there has to be. There has to be a desire. There has to be a thirst. There has to be a hunger. There has to be a, a wanting. A wanting. A desire to be filled with the Spirit. It's a choice. Secondly, I want to encourage you to ask. In Luke eleven thirteen, it says, Your Heavenly Father gives the Holy Spirit to those that ask. Call on His name. Lord, I just pray, fill me with the Holy Spirit this morning. Fill me afresh with Your Spirit. He hears those prayers. I encourage you to let someone lay hands on you. Just, to, just grab your shoulder off and just agree with you in that moment. Maybe they can pray on your behalf. And thirdly, quite simply, I just believe receive. Galatians 3 verse 14 says that we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We receive it by faith. I close with this short story. Some years ago, I was invited to speak at a, at a young adults event on the subject of reaching lost souls. I, I didn't consider myself an expert on this topic, but they asked me to come anyway, and I accepted. And I sat down and shared uh, some principles and key points. But I couldn't help myself because it was an interdenominational event, and I thought, well, I can't not share about the Holy Spirit and reaching lost souls. It's it's like having a cheeseburger without the meat. It's something significant is missing. So I, right at the end, all I said, I said, the initial and most important key to effective outreach, though, is to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. That's all I said. And out of a group of about 30-odd students, Four or five came up to me afterwards and said, Darren, I, I want that. I want that. I need that. I know you didn't say much about it, but I just immediately sensed that this is what I need. There was one particular guy, call him Steve, and Steve couldn't meet when the others could meet. So we arranged a time about four or five hours later, and if you know Mount Tambourine, there's some some beautiful spots right on the edge of the edge of the cliffs there and we, we, we chose an obscure spot that we both knew about and I remember I remember distinctly this particular moment because I was probably a hundred meters from him and I was walking towards him and I could see him in the distance he was a bit like 
my daughter's boyfriend, Elliot. He's very tall, and, but I could see him. His hands were raised, and he was just crying out to God. He was saying, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I, God, I seek you. I want you. I'm desperate for you. And as I drew closer, I just, I just knew what I had to do. I, I, it was like God, I don't know if God was speaking to me or what, but I just felt his faith. I just saw his faith. I saw his passion. I saw his heart. He was crying out from the depths of his being. And then as I walked up to him, he saw me and we, our eyes sort of connected. And I just simply said to him, oh, actually, well, there was no pleasantries. There was no, hey, g'day, how's your day? A nice weather, beautiful view. I just walked straight up to him. I couldn't believe the boldness, actually. I was in shock myself. God was there. I walked straight up to him. I laid my hands on him. And I said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he just began to speak in tongues like that. And I said, wow. He said, oh, God. And he was just, he was, he was, it was just a wonderful moment, but I thought, that's it, faith. He was expecting. His heart was reaching out to God. It wasn't to me. I, just, he, I was just simply there to sort of really encourage him along. And I want to say this this morning. If you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, I want you to come out the front. I want you to come out with expectancy in your heart. I want you to say, God, I want to meet with you this morning. I, I want to meet with you. I'm hungry for you. I'm desperate for you. I know we live in the 21st century and it's a different era. It's not the, the time when the, the apostles were, were, it was an amazing, unique time. But I just believe in my spirit that God wants to bring revival and renewal and a sense of excitement about him and about the, the purpose in which we're on this earth for. And that comes through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Perhaps today you need to have an encounter with God. Perhaps you've never been baptised. You've never spoken in a new language. Perhaps today you've been a Christian for some time and you need a fresh experience of his presence, of his power surging through your life. That could be for you today. What is the primary key to launching you into a dimension of faith and passion to live out the purposes of God for your life? What is the primary key if we, are to, if we, are, we want to see this world changed for Christ? What is the first step? I, I really believe it's being baptised in the Holy Spirit. Let's all stand together, shall we? If we could just, just bow our heads for a moment. We just invite you, Lord. Come amongst us. We know you're already here. But Lord, just speak into the lives of individuals here this morning. It's a, it's a rather simple message. The message is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive from Him today. Lord, I just ask you to start to do a mighty work in the hearts and lives of us as a church. Over the last few weeks, there's been words about dryness and how you're coming like a storm, Lord. And I just I just believe in my heart, Lord, that you're wanting to break dryness here today in the hearts of 
of those who perhaps are feeling stale and, and are in need of refreshing. And for those who've never encountered you, for those who've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, never. Lord, also, this is, this is their day. We commit this next few moments to you and pray you would meet people where they're at, Lord. Meet them in their faith. Meet them in their desire. Meet them in their desperate need to be with you, Lord. You never disappoint, oh God. In Jesus' name. Just, I want to invite you now to just come.